Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 520, recording today live on Wednesday, the 10th of January in 2018. That's the second podcast of 2018. For some reason, it feels like the first. I don't know why. It's just been one of those weird... Uh, weird ways that the the year has fallen even though yes we have done one already uh this is the music technology podcast we talk about all things to do with music technology including software controllers synthesizers studio work plugins whatever all of that good stuff so uh, please do stay tuned and uh please also uh, a round of applause for our sponsors uh, we got a message from uh, Isotope later, you can win a copy of Ozone 8, their excellent suite of mastering plugins, and also a message from Bitwig if you want to check out Bitwig Studio. Uh, I would thoroughly recommend it. Anyway, let's let's move on. Oh, I should also say uh, hello to our chatties. Uh, they're at uh, Sonic Talk sonicstate.com forward slash live where we've got our little uh, IRC server and also if you're watching via YouTube live uh, there are the people in the chat room there so hello everybody and a nice wave to all of you uh, in, the, in the tradition of Gus Honeybun which will only be something that props myself and Gaz get the reference from but uh, anyway <laughs> so um, let's say hello to everyone I think we'll um, we'll save Charles till till um, till last because we haven't seen him for ages but we've seen rich and rich but rich you're here uh, because you're about to start a big project and you're not going to be around for a while so what, what's happened can you tell us anything about it or just that you're going going dark <laughs> you, you might have asked me five minutes ago um no i can't um uh, that's but all right. it, it, i'm really excited about uh a recording i'm about to begin and uh then in march we're going to australia uh and new zealand with chic so um i'll be busy for a while but i'll I'll check in when I can. Yeah, as I always cool. try to do, and I'm always thankful for the opportunity. Well, ten hours ahead might be a little bit challenging for even you. Um, oh, that's but, never uh, been a problem. Come on, okay. Nick. I've, well, I've I'm just talking to you from the North Pole. Ah, that's true. Four years will be about. Uh, it'll be two in the morning. So yeah, that, but yes, I, hopefully your studio days won't be as long as all that. But Rich, thank you very much for joining us anyway this week and uh, studio days. No, no, I'm not going there to go to the studio. I'm going there to go on tour with oh, Sheik. That's in a couple of months. Between ah, now and then, yes. I will be in a studio much closer to here, actually. Ah, okay, right, I get it. I'm sorry, I was I was discombobulated there for a minute. But yes, okay, mm -hmm. brilliant. Well, we'll look forward to those opportunities. Thank you very much, Rich. Sure. Uh, we've also got Mr. Gaz Williams, uh, who's there in his... Uh, Attic Studio, uh, professional bass player, music technologist, uh, mm. regular uh, reviewer on Sonic State. You did the TR08, uh, which if you haven't checked it out, also check out the DO5. Both uh, reviews got down very well and more to come. Mm. How are you, Gaz? You well? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Um, can I just say something very quickly? Uh, one of my biggest musical heroes is a chap called Tim Smith from Cardiacs. Uh, Cardiacs, amazing. But sadly, well, it was almost like, I think about 10 years ago, he suffered ironically a cardiac arrest which was just like oh can't believe it um and there's a and he's been uh well the, the care for him has sort of been uh well it's become really expensive so there's a there's a fundraiser for him so if any of you out there are fans of cardiacs or um or are curious um just trying to raise awareness about that really it's our just giving uh is the website but I, yeah, I just thought I'd mention that just because basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to do this therapy that will enable him to finish this album, uh, which sadly... So it's not, tirely, not entirely selfless. This... <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's not terrible, but um, it's... Uh, the, 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 this this uh this therapy i think is extremely expensive or uh, they explain it all uh, but i just thought i'd like to mention that though just because um 
Tim's influence on me as a musician and writer is just huge. And um, yeah, so when I saw that, I just thought, oh god, yeah. Because what's, what, what's um, what, have, what have people got to look to to uh, to, to make that happen? Just uh, giving. Just giving. His name's Tim Smith. Cardiacs. Um, but it's uh, yeah. It already. I think it launched maybe yesterday. Uh, the the campaign and it's doing really well. And what's really nice about it is it's drawing lots of people, <laughs> lots go. of Cardiacs fans. Hey, out of nice. The and he's doing really well. Mm. Excellent. People are. Yes, yeah, it's, it's really doing incredibly awesome. well. Yeah. Excellent. So thank you, thank you for letting me mention that. Um, that's all right. It's just yeah, it's just one of my biggest, biggest, biggest heroes. Well, that's all right, Gaz, and thank you very much. And uh, it's it's a it's a pleasure. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so uh, let's now go. I've got to get the right button. We've also got Mr. Charles Chicky Reeves, who's been out on the road for what seems like an eternity. Uh, yeah, does it seem like an eternity to you? You were out for what three months? Uh, I was out for two months with OMD, and then over the holidays, I was in Korea, and then I got back, and I've just been doing a lot of studio stuff. But now I'm available, so I'm here. <laughs> so Excellent, good. And uh, you, because uh, I remember part of what you what you were doing because you were touring front of house, you're quite obviously presumably hiring in a, a desk a lot, and so you you actually invested in your own front of house, which is that thing. That's tiny, isn't it? What is that? Tell us, it's, tell us. It's a, it's a Digico S21, and I have a D2 rack, so it's 48 channels from stage and an additional 24 channels from here. It's a, it's a 48-channel console, but each channel can be stereo, so it's up to 96 inputs. Wow. Um, built-in compression, uh, ducking, and multiband compression. Well, not multiband isn't on every channel, but compression, gating, ducking. Digico are one screen. of the big one of the big three or big four that there are that do yeah. front of house stuff, right? What just out of curiousness, what what made you choose that particular brand over, you know, other flavors that are available? Um, I like I like the operating system. Um, I like the sound. The the preamps sound really amazing. Um, it's uh, it's small. And the other I was looking at a couple of things. I was looking at uh, Midas um, and I was looking at the Allen and Heath. Um, but I wanted a console that like, I knew, I know the preamps on these things really well. I didn't know right. the system that well, but I know the preamps The preamps are, they're really uh, in the studio. They're, they're amongst the best preamps I have. Um, and, and I love this operating system now. It's, it's great. It is expensive though. It, it's yeah, sure. uh, about all, yeah. du- double the price of all the other wow. things in the same. Well, they've, they've been, Digico have been going, well, one of the first, weren't they? That, uh, one of the first of digital yeah. desks for front of house stuff. Amongst those. Yeah. 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 And and they're they 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 had teething problems initially, not this particular model, but um uh Digico when they started out, they did have some teething problems, but they've really nailed it. Like one of my favorite things about that is on the back of the console, it actually has the phone number of the guy who put it together. So if you have a problem, you can call and he will answer. <laughs> wow. So it's like yeah, I, I I'm not gonna name names, but when I was on <laughs> this last OMD tour, we had a major manufacturer console and it crashed during our show in glasgow and uh we were down for like 27 minutes or something like that and we were calling the company that made it and they we couldn't get a hold of anybody for like 24 hours and like in the middle of a show with like four thousand people (laughs) it's like luckily we got it up and running again but it that that was kind of part of it is i i bought this because it was like I, i know this will not i mean touch wood it might crash but it's a lot less likely to crash. It's very robust. So, and I can also carry it under one arm if I have to. I mean, it's in a case now, but I can <laughs> carry it into a gig if I need. Yeah. Wow. So I, 
I'm really happy with it. Um, and so you're and using, just did a remix using it. You're using it in the studio as well, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna use it in the studio. Um, it's a little unusual to to use a console in the studio, but I love the sound of it so much. So yeah, why not? Um, and it, I love the tactile thing of having hands on, and that it's fully recallable. Whereas with that console, I have to stand over it with my iPad and take pictures of it. That's the recall. <laughs> yeah, well, we were, so, I've been there. Yeah, I remember back in the day with the Polaroids. Uh, and mm-hmm. the magnifying glass and all of that stuff but yeah cool okay um right well i guess we could uh we could start with a few topics because uh, i mean goodness knows uh, look at look at what they're at again you know behringer have been at it again uh mm. announcing uh obxa clone or ubxa is what they're calling it i don't think they're actually specifically saying that it is but that i think uh, uh this is one of uh uli's prize uh, ideas and also uh they've got the uh what's it the vc340 which i think is uh, a, a kind of clone or remake of the classic roland vocoder um that looks like a thing as in you know it's 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 been built to at least this stage whether it's entered uh, full production or ready for full production yet is another thing but i mean this just this is going to go in crazy but it's interesting because um mr berenger actually Uli bellinger posted some stuff you know and what he's i think trying to do now is just kind of go okay tell us what you want let's try and do it and i know there's been a lot of kind of like it's just flim flam and it's just uh um uh, press and pr and marketing which undoubtedly it is but it feels like there might be some kind of substance and they're really ramping up to deal with building a load of stuff even though obviously these things are kind of clones rather than specific innovation i wondered how uh how we all feel about this. I mean, whether, you know, how far can it go? I, I'm, I'm not sure about the Oberheim thing because obviously Tom's still around and it would be a nice gesture to perhaps kind of pay the guy. <laughs> but I don't know how those sort of things work. Uh, I saw a thumbs up there from Rich. So I think, you know, you might, you might want to come in there. But yeah, it's an interesting... Well, that very suggestion was floated by the gentleman who is currently running the Synth Expert website. No, they don't pay me to say that. Um, it, and uh, it's a rather interesting idea and i believe uli actually responded to him on the subject of the possibility of some form of matchmaking between him and tom overheim on this product so who knows it's possible i like i like the spirit of that and uh it would go a long way sounds any good it would go a long way yeah yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that's the thing because I mean, as we know, all of their stuff is. Affordable. I mean, he also did say that, particularly with the uh, the uh, the UBXA, I should make sure I get that right. That you know, it's it's going to be a year out. He's just starting it, but he wants to kind of say, look, this is what we're doing, which serves two purposes. One is like involving people in the process, so they're not kind of going, where is it? They know the score, but also anyone who was perhaps thinking about making a, a, an XA kind of clone is thinking, I wonder if I should bother. So I guess it works in two ways. I don't know, Charles. I mean, these are the sort of things. I mean, if you had one of these devices, I mean, you'd pro- and, and this sounds anything like it's good. I mean, you'd probably want to take this on the road rather than that, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, <clears throat> you know, like the the thing I like about him making these clones. Um, hopefully, he does, you know, pay Oberheim and so forth. But the idea of it is, it's like you know, you can. I, I mean, I have a, I have a lot of old synths and stuff, and the thing is, those I'm having to slowly replace parts on those as much as I can replace parts because you know they, they they get old they deteriorate and so forth and to me this is like basically it's like all those replacements part replacement parts put into one machine and it's like you know it's it, it's a it's a way to sort of have these classic sounds without having to constantly have a machine in the repair shop so I'm kind of excited about that I, I thought the the Roland one was a, a slightly odd choice but man definitely this 
OBXA clone. That would be really, that'd be nice. I'd love that. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I, I don't know. Cause one of the things that Uli says actually in his initial post, uh, I think I've got it here somewhere. I think I posted up. This is on gear sluts, which seems to be a kind of place where he regularly posts. Uh, when it comes to polysynths, the overall overwhelming request is the rebirth of the OBXA, which I would have thought actually would have been a CS 80 really more likely, but you know, whatever he's mm-hmm. the boss he can do what he likes. And that's one of the things he also says is, you know, look, it's my company. We're privately owned. We can kind of do what we like, which is why we can. And, and I think that in some ways, you know, even though you can kind of flip that around a bit and say, well, it, he could be the totalitarian dictator. It also means, actually, I'd really like to do this. So I'm, we're going to do it. And that's that's something that you don't find so much in large corporations, which I think is a thing. I don't know, Gas, what, what are your thoughts? Well, uh, I mean, I noticed in the in the uh, the UBXA announcement that, uh, that, that the development of that is going to be handed over to Midas in Manchester, uh, who obviously, uh, and, and specifically to uh, to Rob Belcham and uh, Pete Sadler, who um, made smart, the, the very smart mind. guys. Well, and also oh, definitely the Midas consoles. Let's not forget. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think the the Deep Mind Twelve has certainly. Um, and the DeepMind 6, of course, uh, has certainly kind of paved the way for a, a more respectable synthesizer offerings from Behringer. Um, I've got the DeepMind 12 rack here, and just it's one of these synths. I just, I really love it. And get, the more I get to know it, wonderful. So that gives it a good, uh, a good starting point, I think. Really good. Uh, which um, also, I mean, regarding the roland as well it's like uh, i know that um underworld have got some of the old uh what's it the roland 330 bp330s I think yeah is it um yeah. but they just are really flaky now they just can't take them out on the road so um so i think that this is a really nice thing to be bringing back i mean obviously roland have brought that back haven't they as one well of the yeah they did the models. boutique yeah um Mm. uh very similar but uh yeah i mean and this yeah it does look like it's quite it, i mean it's certainly uh it's got all that extra functionality um midi and usb and that kind of thing so i'm really excited about these reissues uh i think that uh i don't think it it in any way impacts on the vintage models i think they will still retain their uh appeal and people will still you know they will still be highly sought after things but um i think if they do put more of them out there i i think this is a great thing i'm quite excited i do see a lot of people whinging about it and saying oh they should be doing new stuff and but maybe this is cool maybe this will allow the other companies to to make new new stuff and let Behringer just make clones of the old stuff. Um, so I, I see it as a kind of situation that is a win-win one, really, I think. I'm, I mean, obviously, this is uh, providing intellectual copyright is adhered to or, or at least acknowledged in some way. Um, but uh, I think in terms of if people are worried about things like reliability uh, or, or, you know, I mean, this is something we've talked about before, you know, Behringer used to have a really poor... Uh, reputation for reliability I think that's largely in the past now I mean I don't know this entirely but uh, I mean certainly from my experience of the deep mind uh, that feels like a really solid quality piece of equipment that uh, I have used it live and would be happy to use it live so if that's indicative of the build quality then I think this is a good thing yeah I'm, I'm excited about this I just want to bring up a VCS three, <laughs> yeah, that's the one. A, I, that's the one I'd get. I know what you mean. As long as it's in a case, Rich, you look like you wanted to make a point there, so I'm I'm flipping to you. 
Well, it's there, there's a mixed it's a mixed bag here, and here's why. We now live in a world in which really, really excellent synthesizers can be had for four hundred dollars, and everybody's blowing out plugins for twenty nine dollars. The entire warehouse, and as regards people coming up with new designs, who's going to be able to afford to in that market? It's almost priced itself down to the point where it's it's not really. You'd have to be some really, really, I guess, driven artistically <laughs> to want to mm. go into the synth development. And I know somebody who does, uh, who wants to go into the synth development business. And uh, like I say, new world, four hundred dollars for analog synths and twenty nine dollars for the best plugins. So I, I just don't know how anybody makes money anymore. Yeah, well, I guess, I mean, in many ways, mm. that's the way that Roland kind of have gone over the last 15, 20 years. You know, you take technology and then you, 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 you re, you know, like the, the ACB and you reiterate and you reuse it and you re, so you make your investment over multiple products over a single one. I mean, that's the thing that doesn't make sense. I mean, I still, I'm still not sure why the OBXA over anything else. I mean, but hey, you know, if, if that's what he wants to do, I mean, fair enough. I mean, just go for it. Yeah. And I'm not, again, it's not like anybody should prevent them from doing this or that there's some, something we must make this stop. It's just an observation that the, the landscape is changing in all of these things. Even since Korg last released a, a, a boutique version of something, the, the prices have still come down since then. I mean, it's, the prices are dropping like really, really fast to the point where little yeah. guys aren't going to be able to. I know, to I know. I, I find that. I find myself, you know, Gaz, when, when, we, when you reviewed the, uh, the boutiques and I reviewed the SHO1, it was sort of like, well... But it was only compared to the previous boutiques. It wasn't compared to other things. It was compared to their previous range of boutiques. It seemed like these were a bit more expensive, and I couldn't figure out why. And I, I, so I suppose mm. you, the race to the bottom is never always a good thing, right, Gaz? I don't know. Well, the prices of those things have actually dropped. Yeah, so you, were, since, you were right. You know. mm. yeah. yeah. Definitely. Um, anyway, more synths. Got to be good news. I mean, in that, presumably there might even be more synths coming up. And who's to say that Behringer aren't also developing new synths that aren't clones i mean you know they did it with deepmind maybe there's other things in the pipeline I mean, if they're ramping up that many people who yeah. can make sense they're going to be busy he's going to want to keep them busy i guess so well that that leak of from a few weeks ago the uh where they, that huge list of oh, yeah, all classic of synths, synths yeah. and drum machines i mean these two were in that list weren't they so i wonder just how how much uh, that was i'm uh... not sure if they were or not i i think oh. it, i think no i think i don't think they were but, i think the, it was the oh, XA, really? it was the obx drum machine it was a, a ah, behind drum DMX. machine and a, yeah i'm not sure that they were so this is even more <laughs> even more since mm. <laughs> whatever <laughs> and yes. i don't even think they have a mock-up of this one yet you know, of, from the way it reads, so it's it's all just paperwork at the moment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, they've got this. They've got this right. guy. That one is that's a thing, but I don't know how far how close a mm -hmm. thing it is to being a thing. thing is it manufactured is thing? That, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah, it's not. It's not a a, a virtualization, as far as I can tell. No, but anyway, it could be an empty shell. It could. Yeah, no, that's true. It could be. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's true. true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, fair, fair point. And that's the other thing that we should point out. You know, uh, it, it, intent is. Uh, is fine but it's delivery that's kind of what we're I'm ultimately sure gonna yeah you know, I'm sure. now that he's stuck his neck out i'm sure he's gonna produce one absolutely <laughs> at least one yeah i don't mean to cast aspersions and i didn't mean to cast aspersions on cork earlier either uh, it's just an example absolutely yeah. i get you uh right i think we'll just quickly take a uh a, a short um advertisement brace 
Bitwig Studio 2.2 is here. Bitwig Studio combines both timeline and clip-based sequencing on Windows, macOS, and Linux. It features VST3 support, plug-in crashing protection, and a highly flexible user interface with a lightning fast workflow for keyboard, mouse, and also touchscreens. It's great on the new Microsoft Surface devices. Modularity is also central to Bitwig Studio. It focuses on strengthening the way devices interact with one another and offers a highly flexible modulation routing system so you can route almost anything to anywhere, including audio rate modulations. Bitwig also offers many sync options. MIDI, MIDI Clock Master Slave, MTC, CV and Gate, Hardware Audio Clock and Ableton Link. So why not try Bitwig Studio today? Go to bit.ly slash bitwig now and try it out for yourself. Indeed, why not? And I should point out, I've actually booked an appointment with Bitwig at NAM, where I believe there is an update. You know, inevitably there might be. Well, I don't know what it is, but I think there might. I've probably said something I shouldn't. Anyway, but while we're on the subject, <laughs> now, I'll tell you what arrived today, which is pretty cool. <laughs> We've got the first, our shipment of uh, Sonic State uh, coveted, I should add, rosettes, uh-huh. which have arrived. That's I've ordered, I've ordered, some, <laughs> I've ordered some, some new ones. In fact, I don't know if this has got... Oh, these are some blanks, but I've got ones for all the reporters as well because I thought that would be nice for them to have a little uh, memento so you can put them on the wall. In fact, Gaz, I think you're going to be... Uh, are you going to be coming to NAM? Is that, yes, you are, I believe. I am. I'm going to, yes, I'm I currently a Nam virgin, so I'm going to pop my cherry, so to speak, this year, and <laughs> looking forward to that. Well, you're, go- you're going out a little bit earlier than us, uh, but uh, I think you're coming back the same time as us, and we've, uh, I've got mm-hmm. your pass, so you can, you can have it. <laughs> there you go. Yes. They, they look to say, it's going to so be fun. In. I'm going to be tearing up the place. I'm in. Yeah. I'm going to have a lot of fun. I can't wait. I'm going to I run around the place like a kind of excited chimp, I think. Um, and I should I should yes. also point out that uh, we're, we're aiming. Now, the, our plan is to do a show wrap live stream uh, sometime around 1 o'clock, 1.30 mm. on the Sunday. It'll be sort of the last thing that we do. They've got a streaming set up there. And uh, they've asked us if we wanted to do something, and we, and we are. So we will be doing a, a live stream sort of rap show. I've got, hoping... Do you know what we could call it? The show. Okay, bam, go. bam! Thank you, Nam. Yeah. Okay. Why ever not? <laughs> uh, I always look, I always go for Namalama Ding Dong. Um, there is, there's a few others. Yeah. There's there's some classics that we can use for that. But yeah. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, let's let's take a look at another product, shall we? The Roland R07 is a sleek, high-resolution recorder that fits... So this is, uh, rather interestingly, a sort of mobile phone-sized stereo recorder which you can control with your mobile phone, which is a really kind of interesting concept. It's a built-in tuner and metronome, and its next-generation Bluetooth capabilities mean you can record with less wires in more places. So you can monitor remotely, which is a great idea. The latest Bluetooth technology with Qualcomm AptX for enhanced streaming performance. You can remote control from your smartphone or Apple Watch and listen back on wireless headphones or Bluetooth speakers. Whether it's on-location interviews, on-the-road demos, classrooms, boardrooms, instruments... Yeah, you get the idea. So this is the iOS 7, um, and... It's got a couple of things going on. Uh, the one thing was the remote listening, which I think is actually really cool because more often than not, you know, we've done it before when we've done our live uh, events. You know, you put the thing 
up a stand at the back of the room and you have no idea whether it's clipping or what's going on. You can't hear it unless you're going to run a wire all the way down. It's a bloody nightmare, to be honest. But the other thing is uh, it's got hy- uh, intelligent, hy- I think, what do they call it, hyper-limiting, whereby it records uh, hy- a clean... Hybrid. A clean Hybrid limiting, a clean one and a, and a reduced gain one, so that if it if it clips, it will just insert the clip, which is actually kind of really interesting uh, idea. Yeah. I, I, Charles, I'm getting I'm getting the sense that this is something that raised your eyebrows, and you think, oh, that could be useful, assuming yeah. you were yeah, already a... already using your phone to do the same job. Now I have a, uh, the R09 made by Ederall, so it's, you know it's basically the the old version of this, and uh, I love that thing. I've had that for years. And, and it's still, I still take it everywhere around the world with me because I do a lot of found sound sort of stuff, you know, just knocking on street signs and things. Um, but, and I love that. I love that thing. That thing's great. So this, this is cool. I do have to be pedantic though. Isn't it record? Isn't it record with fewer wires, not less wires, but you know. Uh, it could be. You'd have to have a word. I think. <laughs> I think it was uh, Brandon uh, who did the voiceover. You might have seen him. He used to work with Cakewalk, and now he's one of the sort of higher up product guys at Roland. And I'll, 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 yeah. I'll see him at now. I expect. I'll pick him up on that. I'll tell him that you. you yeah, were... but, uh, yeah. Tell him I'm, I'm all over it. But you know, I, yeah. This is. I'm, I'm interested in getting this. Uh, partly because my R09 has, like I said, I've, I've traveled with me for years, and it's gotten crushed a couple of times, and it's. It's on its last legs because I've abused it slightly. But the, uh, yeah, this would be a, an excellent replacement for it. I, I'd love it. And uh, the mics that are on the, on the 09 are really great. So I assume, if anything, it's slightly improved technology. And I think it's it's supposed to be about the same price range. I, I think it's, uh, well, it says about 200 quid. So I guess yeah, around about, right. about the $200 mark. Um, yeah. I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? We, we, we're often kind of. Uh, come back to this topic isn't it you know the idea yes i need one of these because and then the actuality of it is you end up just using your phone or not doing it at all i don't know um mm. gaz are you are you finding yeah. uh, remote re- you you do a bit of this don't you have you got what do you use, yeah. you use your zoom presumably uh well i did have the so well i have i've got a sony uh d50 which has got that same um recording method i think that might have been the first device or maybe the is it the D? I can't remember the name, but this the the Sony, the big one that, that preceded it. The D fifty though had uh, would record two channels simul- exactly the same sort of process. You see, only so records at eight bit isn't... PCM. There's a gag there. For D50. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, so this this idea of it recording sort of like a, a lower level one and swapping it out is isn't new. The Sony did that well many years ago, really, but my D 50 sort of died. I think it's something that happens to quite a few of them. These uh, sadly. So I bought a, a little zoom H two N which was just to sort of fill in until I got the, the Sony fixed, but uh, the Sony remains unfixed and the, uh, the zoom H two N has had m- masses of use. Um, now the thing about this little Roland thing, uh, which is uh, which is uh, interesting, I think, is um, how quick the uh, Bluetooth. How, sorry, what the latency is like. Um, oh yeah, so well, it's got the latest through latest Qualcomm chips, so maybe it'll be okay. Which apparently is not supported by iOS devices. Ah, so that's something that's sort of bit of a. a so this may actually be a, a, one of these rare occasions where an Android phone may actually be better specced for this particular product um so we'll have to see this i think there's something to do with apple having some their own their own their own um they're going their own way now 
rant incoming. I'm still furious about how much latency is in Bluetooth. I've got a little set of those Apple AirPods, you know, uh, which are pretty good, except the latency. Why can't they get that right? So maybe this aptx thing is going to sort that out once and for all. But uh, you know, for uh, any any audio critical audio listening, any you know that that amount of latency is just hopeless. So uh, I, I'm certainly intrigued to learn more about this Qualcomm aptx thing to see if that is going to mean that we can actually have fast or you know near or usable even amount of latency wirelessly. Yeah, well, particularly um, if you're watching a video and you're listening to the video in the headphones oh, and it's completely yeah. out of sync. I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, like those are AirPods and you're watching, it's still out of sync. And you go, come on, you blithering idiot. Sort I'm this only out. two it's feet away. Be... <laughs> I know. It's... <laughs> <laughs> just turn the speaker up yeah. and we'll work better, yeah. Ah, <laughs> excellent. I know, Rich, you're uh, like me. I mean, we use uh, Zoom H4Ns. I mean, we've got a bunch of them and we use them as part of our... We, until recently, actually, and we still use them. I, I'm recording the podcast on this. Uh, sorry, Charles, did you... <laughs> No, no, it's just uh, Rich was pointing over to me because it had Rich's name. No, I, me, I, I know I was pointing to my H4N. I apologize. Ah, yes. like oh, I thought you were pointing at me. <laughs> <laughs> no, all the lower <laughs> thirds that. change when I change. Use the no, H4N. No. I know you have. I mean, we use them. We now use the Tascam DR70Ds because they just fit the form factor better. I mean, do you like the idea of something little like this or you just made well, well as clip? regards form factor, this thing's hard to beat. Um and I'll bet it sounds great and works reliably and you could probably drop it off a building and pick it up and it'll probably still work. And I believe Chicky when he tells me he loves his. So I'm cool with all of that. However, we now exist in a world where Spire exists. And for another $70, you can have a pair of Grace mic preamps um, and eight channel recording. I've got so, a Spire here, um, actually. I have to mm. wonder about this product and its price point in this market right now two years ago this made this would have looked like like you just struck oil if a two-track recorder is what your life is about but um but it against the spire product right now dollar for dollar it better be about the form factor if you're buying this one because spire is kind of a little bit of a thing it's like a pencil sharpener for crying out loud but uh <laughs> but it's got a pair of grace mic preamps in it yeah, I have. I mean, we one arrived uh, probably just before or just between Christmas and New Year, I think. And uh, I was going to get it over to Gaz, but the events overtook me because I thought you might appreciate. It. But mm. yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, mm, it definitely. would make sense for something like this to be able to, like you say, work at least in multi-track mode. I mean, you record two at a time, but playback more. So that would make a bit more sense. But they're pushing the kind of here's my idea. Yeah, exactly. Well, they like have a, and like actually an iOS compatible app that that shows you your eight tracks and you can be record, you can be editing audio on your phone and then it's playing back on the Spire. It's it's pretty nutty. I mean, it's I, gone farther than this I, since they sat down at a boardroom and decided to develop this product. Right, I'm going to switch to four. I'm going to go and get the Spire just so if you haven't seen one, hey, I'm going to show cool. you what it looks like. Mm, I'm Carry interested in this. This yeah, me too. Sort of, like yeah, I said, like, it's preamps. It's a bit of a pencil sharpener. It's big. It's a different form factor. And if it is about form yes. factor, this thing is going to be harder to beat. But if yeah. it's not about the form factor and it's all about the audio, then they've got some yeah. competition. Yeah, this sounds like great. Spire is I'd very much like this, this a desktop yeah. sort of table kind of design, isn't it? It's sort of just sort of meant to sit there 
Um, yeah, but it, they do it, pitch it, it as fitting easily in your. Ca- I'm sorry, Chuck. Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, I was just gonna say. I wonder if some sort of thing I could actually just build in underneath the console there and use it for recording shows. Well, Nick will show you. It's like I said. It's about the size uh, of a small pencil sharpener. Here we go. I've got it here. No, it's mm. not that big. That's a <laughs> big go. pencil sharpener. Oh, oh that's a bad. No, it's about the size of his palm of his hand. You know, it's one yeah. Hand. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not a so totally tiny thing. I, I think I can power it up. Let's see. Like I said, though, pair of Grace preamps. And, yeah, a, and that... a button that goes into record like right now. Okay, which I will demonstrate. Mm-hmm. Uh, assuming it's booted up. I don't know if that it would is be the not. stop button. Oh, yeah. There we go. Now it's recording. Yeah. There we go. It's kind of cute. It's very beautifully designed, but those are preamps and uh, all. And the, there's a, the mic on the front and all that. Scopens. Yeah, beautifully packaged. I'm looking forward to kind of uh, taking a look at it, but sadly it's fallen. It arrived in the precisely the worst time of year uh-huh. for a quick turnaround. Um, what is it record on Sorry. I was going to say, what does it record on to? Internal memory. (laughs) Internal (laughs) internal memory, I think. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Uh, Does it have stereo line in, say, the preamp? Has it got a way to get stereo line in? Uh, Well, yeah, it's got Mm -hmm. a pair of uh, of those. But it's a a mono mono mic in it, though. Yeah. Hold on. I don't know I'm what that sure says there. There's something on the front mind. there, but I don't know what that says. What does that say? Spire, it says. That might be it. I don't know. <laughs> is the short answer. I have, Like okay. I said, I haven't really had a chance to check it out. But anyway, I mean, the the, the, the notion of... Uh, uh, sorry, I, I couldn't find it. And I, I left you for longer than I, I'd hoped to there, so i am just put that over here <laughs> so it doesn't fall over. Lovely looking thing. I think that... I don't know what the price is of that. I'd have to check it out. I, I didn't get a chance to check it, but it's... It looks like it's it's three forty nine normally, and they were selling them for three hundred over. Uh, wow, holidays. that's pretty hard. To, yeah, okay. When compared, I mean, it's a different. Agree, though, it's a different, slightly different form factor. But yeah, that's yeah, if it's I about take... form factor. The Roland is fantastic because it's <laughs> tiny and it works great. I bet you it works great and sounds good. So you know, they're different products. It's not an apples and apples comparison, but they both exist they... now. Yeah, absolutely. There has also there has also been a product launch in the last sort of hour or two hours ago from oh God, not again. a new H one H one N. So they've just done a new format for their smallest uh, recorder. Uh, it's it's very basic feature set, but uh, it looks really nice. That's literally just been announced. Uh, the, yeah, the new Zoom H one N. But it doesn't have. I don't believe it's got any wireless facility. So this is much more just a, a continuation or a refinement, really, of what they've been doing. But, um, but definitely, Zoom sound quality has Im- improved significantly. Yeah. I think over over the last yeah, few the years. mic amps have got better because they were a bit hiss- mm. a bit noisy previous. But uh, yeah, we did a roundup. But they, yeah, no, yeah, the, the head. The headroom was 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 not sufficient on the older ones, but they're much better now. Yeah, I guess it's will, will the Roland pass the uh, the gas tambourine test? That's the thing, isn't it? Uh, exactly. Yeah, that's a top yes. tip. That folks, if you're trying, if you if you want to check yeah. out, see what the headroom's like. Tambourine, bang! And if you can get a decent sound of a tambourine in a kind of cheaper, mm. lower cost, either mic amp or anything that basically has a D to A or A to D in it, then that is the way to test. Yeah. And it's surprising yeah. how many because what tends to happen is if they're not very good, they just sort of go and they just sound mm. terrible because the, the transients in a tambourine are really hard to catch unless you've got the right kit. I'm sure Rich yeah. will agree. I saw you nod there, Rich. 
So what do you good. use to record tambourines then, Rich? What's your preferred <laughs> signal path? <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably whatever's on the stand at that moment. Actually, I, I don't think I recall actually going to the closet for a tambourine overdub. But I don't know. We can have fun with it. Yeah, Niall, I think we should do a, a tambourine mic test to shootout. shootout on shootout. studio time. Yeah, before we d- decide which one to use for Set this spontaneous recording. Four or five microphones to bring distance. Whoa. Oh, there he goes. Whoa. Yes. What did you break this time? Ow. Yeah. No, yeah. Um... Oh, yeah. I'm going to turn that down a bit. That's what they sound like uh, once they've been munged by <laughs> by all of that stuff. Gosh, that was harsh. Right. I managed to pull the fader down a little. It was a little bit harsh, but that's oh, sorry. okay. No, all I'm right. Uh, Never mind. Now, you see, I was in. Uh, my Oops, preamp sorry. reading was giving me headroom then. So that's. Yeah, but it's probably the compression. Of... Yeah, but the, the, also gotcha. bear in mind, this, this isn't exactly coming across that sort of 24 bit 44 one, is it? <laughs> <That's basically. laughs> yeah, good point. It's probably being yeah. munged down to some sort of ghastly, uh, ghastly le- lesser. 12 bit, 32, something like that. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, <laughs> but anyway, but while we're on the show, I'll just. Uh, let's. Let's uh, just introduce uh the isotope slot because it feels like a good point to come in there's of course uh, isotope uh, as ever uh, uh supporting the podcast here we're at ozone 8 which is as we know fantastic piece of mastering and mix software uh using the assistant it helps you get started up real quick so you can kind of tell it more or less what sort of music you're looking at kind of mastering and it will start to build a signal path that it thinks will work for the program material feeding it. It's all built from sort of uh, machine learning and AI stuff. It's a very clever thing. I've also got the ability to, with the tonal shaping, uh, excuse me, the tonal balance control, which allows you to see roughly where each of the individual frequency bands are falling within the kind of rough area that you're trying to achieve so really useful visual tools there you can also control other instances of ozone and neutron too in your daw so that you can actually shape the mix from within a single place uh without having to kind of keep jumping back and forth very very useful uh there's also the ability to uh like maybe you've got a whole folder of tracks you want to a b with you can check a, B, A, B, you know, across an entire folder of tracks. Also very useful for mastering when you're checking mixes against reference tracks that you might have. Uh, spectral shaping, I think we talked about as well, which allows you... I don't know, I've already done that one. No, spectral sh- <laughs> There's basically tons of it. If you're into mastering and you're into mixing, then this is a, a really good place to uh, to look because it solves an awful lot of problems. So that's isotope.com forward slash ozone is the place to go. And we much appreciate them for the support of the show. And in fact, while we're here, uh, we do have a competition. Uh, last week, we asked you to tweet uh, Mix It Well and Ozone 8. And we have a winner is, is at Elliot Keen. So at Elliot Keen on Twitter, if you want to get in touch, uh, you are the winner of last week's competition. And this week's competition, we're looking for the hashtag Future Mastering and the hashtag Ozone 8. That's a Twitter competition. So you need to tweet the hashtag Future Mastering. That's one word. And the hashtag Ozone 8. That's one word to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And you'll be entered into the competition and we'll pick a winner next week. Uh, remember, next week is the last uh, show before NAM. I think we take it the way it falls. We lose a couple of weeks. So uh, sorry about that if your addiction is going to be not serviced. But uh, that's just the way it goes. But once again, we do thank Isotope for their continued sponsorship of the show. Excuse me, I just got a cough. There, I pressed the button. I should have a cough button here, particularly this time of year. Um, mm-hmm. So let's see, what have we got next? Oh, yes, well, this sort of ties in... <sighs> 
with the, 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 the previous subject. This is Katie, Katie Gately. Uh, Ableton have produced an, uh, another couple of really nice so shots. So this is my studio? Ableton videos. This is Katie Gately, who spends a lot of time doing found sounds, and it looks like she uses a Zoom H4. But when I have an overall sense of the shape of the piece, I will transition to my desktop computer, and here I can sit and carve um, and do all the tedious iterations that you have to do when you're producing a track. <laughs> Essentially, I work sitting and I play standing. There are, in fact, a couple of videos. The first one is more about the kind of philosophy. There's some really, it's actually brilliant. It opens really well. There's a, there's a footage of her. I don't know where she is. She's at some kind of like scrapyard or machine place. And there are these huge kind of metal structures. And she's in there sort of tapping, walking inside. It looks like great fun for that sort of stuff. But she spends a lot of time. And you can see that she's thinking as she's walking along the street. She's got a mic on and she kind of looks at something and kind of taps it. And there's a sound, you know, and all of that stuff that she then takes and builds composes tracks kind of around that, that and it just sort of seems to tie well with the um with the whole idea of portable recording that side of things and i just thought yeah that's cool chicky i'll come to you first because you were saying that you do use quite a lot of fan sounds i mean yeah. do you tend to kind of just record loads of it and then have an idea what you're going to do or just come back and listen to it at another point and then sort of go hey what can i use that for i mean how do you incorporate that stuff into your workflow i hear something uh and i go oh i gotta capture this and and I almost always have a recorder on me. And one of the things I also have is I have uh, a set of in-ears, kind of like these that I'm wearing, but they actually have uh, microphones. I like binaurals, yeah. Well. Yeah, and so I record that because if you pull a mic out, if it's if anybody's around, they act differently. You know, it's the observation paradox. So uh, I tend to record a lot of stuff kind of surreptitiously. Um, but uh, yeah, and I end up using it in music all the time I, I i as soon as i hear something i'm thinking oh god okay i can use it on this song because i can pitch it up a little bit and it'll be in the right key because i get a sense of i'm really good at pitch so i, I can tell you know if it's gonna ah. work in some song i've been working on but i i, I do a lot of found sound stuff um and are they more percussive things or are they more sort of general atmos and ambience or how do you kind of or doesn't it really matter whatever a lot of a lot of it's uh Amy, there's some percussion stuff although I don't do that much percussion stuff. Most of what I do is like, like say for instance, I was at Liverpool street station a couple of years ago. And you know, right before they make an announcement, there's this dun dun, And then they make the announcement about the train that's coming in and just, just those sounds. It's just, it's almost like a, like a kind of a roads kind of sound, but just, I took that stuck it at Ableton, which I, that's what I use for song creation is Ableton. And, uh, and, and it's one of my favorite keyboard sounds of all time now. So it's just, I love stuff like that, like taking something that actually is quite tonal and making, turning it into something else. Um, I called a friend of mine in Germany once, and I really liked the sound of the ring when I called. And so he answered, I said, oh, no, no hang up. I'm going to call again, but don't answer. <laughs> so he's like, what? what are you talking about? <laughs> so I did again, recorded that sound. And it's one of the best keyboard sounds I have. I, I just, I love that kind of stuff. So I, I use a portable recorder for that that kind of thing. I mean, I'll actually stick a mic up to the actual phone as opposed to try to get a direct, you know, connection between the phone and that. So I, I know I what you say that, that there's something about uh, dial tones and particularly ringtones that have got they've just got that really harsh envelope as well as that click that you get at the front. I know I know what you say. Yeah. Actually, US US ringing tones when I ring hotels to confirm that they haven't lost our booking for Nam, for instance, um, and they uh, <laughs> and there's that kind of 
there's the real kind of I love that gated sort of thing. I know, Rich, it's that one of those things, isn't it? You know, we all think as audio professionals at some point in our lives. I remember I've probably told the story many times. I bought a DAT and a stereo mic because I thought I'd be out there recording all these found sounds rather than sampling other people's records. Hey, guess what happened? You know, it didn't work out quite that like I'd hoped. I, I'm I'm impressed that Charles actually followed through. Did I mean? I think we might have talked to you about this before. I mean, I guess your portable recording is probably more for capturing a performance or that side of it, or am I wildly off? Or not? You're muted, sir. <laughs> Take a drink. <laughs> um, my use of found sounds tends to be more built around found circumstances than me walking around deliberately looking to record things. Now, that said, I walk through life hearing everything is music. So I I don't preclude being able to use anything. It's just that my mind doesn't work as much as an of uh, like an instrument designer as much as it does as somebody who uses what's there. So for example, in one case I was asked to use uh, naturally occurring bird sounds in a recording. And this appears on a B-52s record. And I'm very proud of the way it worked out. Um, and it was a collaboration of sorts between myself and Keith Strickland. And that was a lot of fun. And then on another record I did, I was recording, I was about to record guitar and we were getting all kinds of RF in that studio on the guitar wire. And it was really interesting. And so I started recording the RF and uh, some of the things that were spoken in the RF actually opened the record. Um, slightly edited and cleaned up, but nevertheless. Uh, so I love the the idea and the spirit. And, you know, our friend Diego has, has pretty much staked out a, an amazing corner of the universe where he puts, you know, <laughs> pickups on his fingers and runs his hands through the sand and does all kinds of things, you know. So I'm all about it. And this woman, uh, I watched her video for quite a while and I dig her spirit, her whole view of the world through this found audio vision that she's got and the way she's pursuing it so deeply and so passionately and, and sort of completely making it her own. I really admired that. Yeah. I, the I, music... I, I... I admired a little bit. Yeah, no, <laughs> I know what you mean. Though. Of what she was doing, I admired a lot. I know what you're yeah. saying. It's that no, I mean, she talks about it in the video, isn't it? The idea that there's this sort of ownership and it becomes more of of her and part of her process rather than just the notes and the, and the chords. Gaz, I know because um, last time we uh, you you passed the Digitech back to me, which you've been using, and you'd sampled mm. a load of stuff into that and created all these things. I mean, is that mm. something you you find you're doing often? Obviously not with the Digitech, but on other sort of samplers and what have you. Um, well, I haven't done it since I've given you the Digitech back <laughs> ah. because the Digitech was amazing. And it sort of, it has this incredible way of flattering the sound in a bizarre way. You put recordings in, they just come back sounding like kind of kind of weighty and with substance i don't know what the digitact is doing to you know in the conversion to make that why that is that way but um i'm i have been collating a lot of samples lately uh and i uh, i always find that thing when you're working on a track if the track is just something if there's just something missing if you just put like an ambience layer if you just go out and just record a bit of road noise and just mix that in in the background of the track suddenly the track has a like some sort of energy some sort of life to it you know pull the level down so it's not intrusive but just just sound just gives 
uh, seems just to fill in all the gaps and make uh, oh, make things. Some, you know, yeah, when you mute it, 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 it sounds really st- sort of sterile. <laughs> I don't know. So, you get the A thirty six a writing credit. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's a UK British road, well known British road. Yeah. <laughs> oh, very good. Um, but what I'm hoping to see at Nam is more sampler kind of devices you know because i think that um i think that there's such a lot of mileage within sampling and quick you know if there's a fairly quick process of grabbing in i mean you know uh my all-time favorite app on the ipad is sampler without the e sampler uh because of that just immediacy and just being able to touch and manipulate the the sample um oh it's a wonderful 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 app uh in fact i'd probably say that's my favorite sampler actually still it's I, interesting it, it, isn't of, it of that, i mean that's what ios and, and touchscreens really work well for that immediacy of because once you're getting into kind of key groups and, it's all a bit scientific yeah. and not yeah. very creative right? that's right yeah yeah with sampler you know sound straight in and you could be making music with it you know instantly uh yeah yes so um the uh tasty chips the gr1 looks really great oh, yeah actually that reminds sound. me that they were supposed to send me one in december it's never never materialized Ooh, so chase them about come. that that well now there's lovely, no time but yeah but right. yeah uh, i although i'm not sure if that has got they i think uh that doesn't sample in yet i think that might be something down the line to come for the the the, the gr1 but um but yeah just uh I, you know so that's what i'm going to be looking for certainly in in nam though are, are devices that can just literally just instantly grab sound and make it available for sort of musical purposes um yeah but, yeah, yeah, that I makes think, sense. Yeah. I mean, I think there, there'll probably be an app pavilion. I mean, I don't know the thing about Nam that we know. Mm. Uh, we know that we don't know exactly what the new layout is because they've basically mm-hmm. built two new halls, which won't affect you guys because you'll yeah. still find it massively overwhelming okay. and overstimulating anyway. But now we'll be going, how far <laughs> is it to the next meeting? Are they in this mm. hall or that hall? Because nobody is in the same place, which is always. Ah. As a as a regular trade visitor, Ooh. you know you build up this sort of me- muscle memory of oh yeah we need to go here. And then when that's all gone, it just makes it all a bit more complicated sometimes. But uh, <laughs> I won't bang on about that too much. There, but uh... there, there was one more thing I wanted to say about sampling actually. Uh, something that I've just I've, I've literally only just started playing around with, and that's in um, Native Instruments Machina two point seven has introduced this new um, audio mode, which uh, is just the beginning of what's to come. But uh, the gate mode on Machina is stunning. It really is amazing. And uh, so you can put any sample in. And uh, I mean, it's ideal if you pre-cut them. Uh, But then the way that you can play them and say you put them into the scale mode and play hold down pads and it's not re-triggering the uh, sample when you hit a different pad. The, the sample is playing it'll only play when you push play and then you can imagine it's it, it's moving through the sample but then you can it repitch jump it. to whatever pitch uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah yeah and it is glorious i've not seen that function in anything yet before not quite as uh oh gosh it's fantastic and just oh, wow. look forward any to front, sort yeah. of sound cool mm, cool mm, really Excellent. exciting yeah. Uh, did everybody uh, have a have a look see on that one? Yes, we did. We did see that. But yeah, Katie Gately, you can go to. I think. Sh- let me see. Uh, she's got her katiegately.com. This is. 
there's this is this, this is the image I was talking about actually. These sort of massive kind of I want to go there and hit those things. That looks really yeah, I think, good. I think That'll that's uh in East East LA. I, I'm yeah, it's definitely. Sure. Oh, you know it? Do you have you been there and collected? <laughs> no, I, the, the area looks really familiar. So. Oh, okay. I'm well, maybe so. Yeah, I, she, she is based in LA, so that makes uh, makes certainly sense. And of course, yeah, as uh, um, you mentioned in the chat room, Rich, Iris, the isotope Iris is not really an isotope, you know, <laughs> themed show, but the Iris is really good for manipulating stuff. But again, it's still quite a, you know, there's still a process that has to be gone through. But but that's fundamentally what Iris, the synth is. Yeah is essentially taking some form of found sound, whether it be synthetically generated or naturally generated, placing it on a screen and allowing you to use RX-like spectral analysis yeah. in, the, in the source oscillation por portion of your sound creation. So that's, you know, yeah, no, that's getting very down true. in there. I guess it's been around for so long that you can't, some, it's, it's sometimes we easy take to- take it for granted. We take it for granted. That's right. <laughs> um, okay, right. Uh, who uh, who saw this then? This is scary, right? It's just a dry text video of somebody accessing secret private memory on an Intel-based chip. There we go. And that is uh, oh, <laughs> that is the scope of it. So we, I felt we had to talk about this really because it could actually be such a sort of massive shift. You know, it's gonna it is gonna require a whole new generation of uh, hardware. Really, this is the news of a Spectre or Meltdown or whatever you want to call it. You know, this, this is the the security vulnerability that was discovered or at least outlined initially in Intel chips, but it looks like it's basically in pretty much every chip for the last ten years. And it's a it's an exploit that's not. I mean, it's a bit Y two K this because it's not the like. You visit a website and you're going to be vulnerable. It takes a certain amount of things to be lined up, but ultimately it is a pretty massive security vulnerability. And then the news came out that to fix this, the caching had to be addressed differently on these super fast chips, the i7 chips, the i5s, all of that, and others, not just Intel's, that would mean the general processing of data would be slowed down as it was cleaning out this ex, this this secure unsecure area of memory and we were seeing figures like 30% and what have you i mean i've i had a good look around i haven't found anywhere that says actually yes my computer has slowed down since there was a windows 10 patch or an apple uh, patch or a, a a linux kernel patch but potentially this could be you know it's the sort of thing that is a pr nightmare i know rich because you you uh, commented quite a lot on uh, we posted this on the facebook thing and you were kind of I think you were you were interested in this as much as I was. Uh -oh. Crikey! I what just did I bought. Say this time? Uh -oh. Yeah, no, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it was just I. I figured that you might have something else to say, but it's an interesting thing well, because I might. Yeah, um, I have a bunch of things to say. First of all, apparently this has been well known because Apple's been patching this already, um, and I don't frankly see any performance hit on the on the OSs I'm seeing. Um, very few people do anything in computer world that requires them to use the top 30% of their CPU overhead. Let's start there. So we might happen to be among those few people, but the fact is that a very, very small percentage of the computing world is yeah. terribly interested in the top 30% of their performance spectrum as regards CPU. Um, and most of them don't have enough RAM. So... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is not, you know, really shaking me to my core. Uh, it, it's unfortunate, and it's it's a really, really big oops, 
because we all have these things in pretty much every device we own that are loaded with these vulnerabilities now because they were so deeply rooted in this piece of hardware that everything's dependent on and there's no easy way to replace them. So yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm not yeah. I'm not shaken to my core over this, but No, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? It, it it does have an element of the kind of Y2K hysteria, um, which, as it turned out, didn't kind of do anything. But apart from perhaps uh, got a highly, a lot of uh, uh, um, IT professionals highly paid for a number of months as they kind of figured out what was going to happen when everything fell apart. But nonetheless, it, I mean, it's a I different. Think, it's I different. The, I think that driving down the performance on older models with newer operating systems is a little more of a news story, quite honestly. Yeah. And apparently... The uh, country of France is consider considering pursuing financial remedies. Wow! Against Apple, I saw in today's news. Uh, that well, that's the, for the, mobile devices, isn't it? That wasn't that they were doing. I'm I not didn't... sure. I didn't get. I didn't get I that, that was... deeply into the specifics. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah, they. That is. Uh, they're yeah. chasing Apple. You know they're chasing Apple on the price. slowing down of iPhones. The of the built-in. How do you know it's only Because built-in obsolescence. Oh no no! I think that the story you're talking about Laptop the um, Apple are chasing uh, uh, the, uh, the 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 slowing down the deliberate slowing down of old older phones for. Uh, oh that, yes, but uh, no, I think what Rich was saying. How do you know it's not like laptops as well? Because laptops have batteries in. So yeah, it could be a company wide mm, policy. Okay. So yeah, no that that is another yeah. thing. And Apple did right. uh, deservedly get a little bit of stick about that. But nonetheless, I mean, back to this. Mm. I mean, you know, yes, I am. Mm -hmm. I've just bought. Uh, an i7 you know six, eight core i7 uh processor which i was a bit disturbed thinking oh does that mean that my massive video machine which <laughs> regularly does actually exceed the top x percent but not only that the other thing that's quite terrifying about this is all of the services that we use you know for sonic state and for youtube whoever are pretty much cloud-based so they're big racks of intel or other or xeon processors which are gonna be limited potentially by the security flaw, which means all of those resources are going to require more power potentially this is all potentially to deliver us the same services so the price of computing and the price of computing based services could be set to rise as a result i mean this is speculative you know that's what i that's the other side of this thing that we're not thinking it's not just about what i get here it might be dropbox slows down or all of those other things i don't know um charles yes thoughts uh it, yeah, my thoughts are uh, I I was um, I'm looking at buying another laptop, and uh, this actually made me go, you know, maybe I'll wait. <laughs> Honestly, it it actually <laughs> hearing this story made me go, I'm just going to wait and see what the next iteration of chips that comes out is going to be, and if there's some kind of uh, actual physical fix versus just a software fix, because. I, you know, I'm I'm already running at capacity on every single device I have. You know, just every session I do, every live show I do, I I just always see that CPU meter up at like 90, 95 percent. You know, way up top, and I and I just I don't want to I, I don't want to spend any money on something that I I know is not going to be running optimally. So yeah, so well that's fair point. I mean, they do say uh, that it's going to take, you know, a number of years for their new generation. I mean, they've got to develop and, you, you know, you can't just kind of go, oh, that's okay, we've built a new one. I mean, it takes an awful lot of time. I know, Gaz, I mean, I'm guessing you're mm. probably the same. You're, not, you're mm. probably maxing out your machine as well. I mean, so what do you do? Do you just kind mm. of take it off well, the internet and don't get the update and just kind of stick with it or what? You know, but then you get out of sync. <laughs> well, 
one thing that was occurring to me, and I just wondered how this would affect the the software industry. Um, uh, I'm running Sierra on my Mac, and I think I need to get to High Sierra now for uh, the for this to be patched. Um, so I'm going to do that now. And I just I tend to always hold off. I tend to always stay uh, like an operating system behind, uh, just because of compatibility reasons, etc. But I just wonder just how many people will have taken the plunge and up updated their operating systems uh maybe before all the other software you know this constant trying to keep up with all these software updates uh, a lot of people will now move up to high sierra perhaps um mac users uh and any software i mean i don't know if there are if there still is compatibility issues with high sierra do you think it's safe time to go now to to upgrade i it? don't know i i do don't know what we're on here high sierra? A, i think i i think we're on on this What's machine anyway i'm on a sierra 10. not a high sierra i'm on 10 12 so right right yeah so I'm I'm on high sierra, sierra, me. Right i tend oh, okay okay yeah. i tend not to uh, oh so rich you you can you could say that it has been okay. I mean, I think the thing is with this though is it's mm. um, you don't I, you don't have to. You know, I mean, you could just. Ah. Um, I mean, Windows right. Ten machines you sort of do because they won't. They have to be maintained. Ah. They do. They roll out cons uh, uh, sync updates, and you won't get support unless you're up to you're updated if it's on the net and can tell what it is. But you can always unplug it. I mean, it's like it, like we say, it's been around for ten years, and if you haven't been hacked already, then you know, as long as you're careful, maybe you're going to be okay. But sorry, Rich, back to you. No, I just um, I I put off updating my main DAW machine to High Sierra until Avid announced compatibility because pretty much everybody else already had, and they just recently did, and so I went for it, it mostly in deference to this possible security issue, and because I don't think I'm gonna mind the hit that much. Yeah, that, but if that... you think you are, then you shouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a fair point. But what I wonder a whether I should just get Sorry. <clears throat> yeah. All, all I was going to say is before I do the update, I just wonder if I should just run like a very juicy project and sort of take, you know, look at what the uh, the CPU's maxing out on, do the update, run the same project and see uh, if that hit is actually affecting the uh, the CPU overheads on the... Just, yeah, it's. It, I think it's, I it's very case specific. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think it's a generic thing. Mm. It depends on what the computer is doing. It depends on the process. There are a lot of factors. So it's not just a, if you update, you will get thirty percent less CPU. It's not. It's not that clean cut. You know, that's the thing. Also, mm -hmm. as it as with all of these things, but um, us folks in the media like to write a kind of uh, one hundred and sixty characters or less headline. So you know, we can't put that level of nuance. <laughs> In the particular, <laughs> in the particular headline. So, you know, we did. You know, every single headline had one of those kind of really high speed disclaimers that you get on the 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 the, um, the back end of uh, like drugs TV adverts in America, where it's <laughs> you know, we can't do that. But that's a good imitation. But, well, you just need to pick out a couple of words. That's great. That's that's the one thing that Time Stretch has done for the advertising industry, isn't it? It's just kind of like allowed them to get this massive legal disclaimer into. A really short period of time uh, so that they're covered yeah but uh, <laughs> hey um uh anyway i mean we could go on and on about this but it's uh it's a good was there uh let me see i was god it's five o'clock it seems like a bit of a dark tone to leave on but i think the ultimate thing is mm. do it if you feel worried and you think it's going to be a problem 
Uh, don't if you don't. And it may be that, you know, your the computers that all the devices you use for your everyday life, your Facebook and your email and those things, yeah, maybe go ahead with that. But if it's your if you've got a creative workstation, then, you know, maybe you don't need to because you're not going to be going online and getting unlikely because you I, I don't know the exact circumstances that mean that somebody can get onto your computer. They might have to be physically there or connected on the network. We don't know the exact details. So it's it's I'm afraid we're not much help there, really. But hey, what can you say? I've spotted a few things in the chat room that may be of use here. Um, someone saying that the patch goes back to El Capitan. You, if you're running El Capitan, there are security fixes for, so ah, you don't okay. have to move up. Uh, and the other thing is it looks like someone else was mentioning that um, the sound toys aren't currently cleared to be used on High Sierra, which would stop me making the, that update for a start because yeah. they've become really? my essential plugins now yeah well yeah I but know. i mean i maybe maybe they'll work but they're just not verified i don't know but i'm just 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 re repeating what i've seen in the chat room yeah no okay well and the chat room uh, as ever being uh the the huge supermassive brain that they are thank you very much for that the fulsome <laughs> chat room the, uh, the, the fulsome chat room yeah, yeah. i i never yes. really it's fools it's uh, fulsome two l's or one l i'm sure i keep getting that mistake wrong i, I think it's one l yeah, I thought so, but I was—I I wanted to double check there. Well, I think that's probably <laughs> us for this week. I mean, we've managed to cover an awful lot of ground as ever, and I hope that uh, that's been fun for everybody. And I'm just going to quickly before we go, just want to mention again uh, the isotope competition. Uh, Future—you need to tweet the hashtag Future Mastering and the hashtag Ozone Eight to at Sonic State and at Isotoping. You'll be entered to the competition to win a copy of Ozone Eight uh, Isotopes Mastering software which uh, as far as we know is high sierra compatible at least and probably beyond uh, so uh, it <laughs> just remains to say uh, this is like say uh, one more show next week and then we're off to nam i guess next week we might be discussing rumors or i think there are going to be some releases prior to nam so they might have kicked in by then i'm not entirely sure but uh, we shall see time will tell but uh, i can say i have a thing here, a couple of things here that I know are, they sent them to me for preview, which, yeah. Can you just review this before Nam? Um, yeah, I'm not sure whether I'm going to get around to that, but I, there will be news. There may be a video of some kind. And uh, I wanted to encourage you also to uh, try out our freeze machines, which I'm just going to stick on the screen here, which is uh, something that we released sort of software. And I was hoping to also get another video out for that. So this is my attempt at some more advertising, which is feeble. Uh, but if you go to sonicstate.com uh, forward slash shop forward slash FM or just do bit.ly freeze machines, that'll get you the uh, ambient frozen machine uh, rack uh, rack instruments for uh, Ableton Live. Anyway, Gaz, thanks for joining us after that uh, rather long monologue from me, uh, rambling. Uh, it's been a pleasure <laughs> having you. Your internet's been that's fine, good. by the way. Been absolutely fine. So that's cool. Ooh, hooray. So I, it must be something. My computer's running really slow. If I type anything, it's just... I don't know everything. So maybe the graphics, maybe something's crashed on my computer because everything, everyone's still in total slow motion on the. Oh, that's bizarre. You're there. fine. Anyway, you're you absolutely don't need to fine. Know that. Yeah, mm. yeah. Maybe you've got the thirty no, percent cool. bug. <laughs> mm. So maybe that's your thirty percent. I'm just. I'm gonna. <laughs> right. I'm gonna put the pad in here. And Are gonna you gonna play out with some? You ready? I can play out. Well, is that still? Is that all right? Yeah, that's not crunching quite so much, actually. That's not. Oh, but, okay. I, but before I, before we, before you play out, there's a couple of people I want to say goodbye to. But before your tambourine solo. <laughs> but thank you. 
Uh, anyway, thank you very much, Gaz. Uh, also, thank you, Charles Chicky Reeves. Lovely to have you back. And uh, I'm very happy for you and your Digico. And I'm sure you're going to be put into good use. Are you back on the road again soon? Or are you... Uh, yeah, doing the two-man OMD tour uh, in February of Northern Europe. Then March and April, I'm in the U.S. And then part of May, I'm going to go back to the U.S. with Howard Jones. And then a kind of few shows in the summer. But otherwise, that's my touring schedule for the rest of the year. Wow, that's plenty. So, anyway, thank yeah, you. And yeah. hopefully we'll speak to you again, uh, either pre or post NAM, depending on how your schedule and your diary works out. But lovely to have you back. I'm glad to be back. Glad to be back. And of course, Mr. Rich Hilton, this may be the last time we speak to you for a little while because you're off into project world and then touring. So, but thank you very much for joining us too. Thank you. I want to speak up for my friends at Sound Toys real quickly though, because something has been misstated here. Uh, they do support High Sierra in DAWs that support High Sierra. And it says so on their website. Ah, okay. They say that they don't right. support it in DAWs that are not supported in High Sierra. Ah, okay. That's like everybody else. They just say it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank you for the clarification, Rich. That's You're much welcome. appreciated. And as always, it's a pleasure, and I look forward to the next time. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, um, that's it for this week. I want to say thank you very much for watching. Uh, we will now uh, see you all later. I think, uh, Gaz, are you playing us out with some kind of tambourine solo? Is that your your plan? Okay. <laughs> right. Well, we will uh, see you next time. I'm not sure what happens here, because I think when I hit end, um, it possibly... Um, mutes the mics <laughs> so this might not work so you got right okay see you next time folks all right everybody's gonna play all right okay play play and then it'll go on ready three two one <laughs> oh my god it's so <laughs> excellent <laughs> Woo! see you next time <laughs>